My name is Kayla Spelling. I'm a Kentucky girl with wild hair and green eyes who's not just a photographer and videographer, but a midnight designer too. I'm a visual storyteller with a creative spirit that knows no bounds. As a creative junkie and Aquarian sun, my love for all things creative runs deep. Being a visual storyteller for over a decade has allowed me to work with some seriously impressive clients across all spectrums, fueling my desire to learn and explore how people experience the world. What do they have in common? They all live and breathe their passions. So inspired by their experiences, I launched a podcast to hear theirs and other stories on how they broke the nine to five mold and pursued their true purpose in life. My goal is to empower listeners with knowledge and inspire them to live their most authentic and fulfilling life by following their passions. Join me on a journey where we'll explore spiritualism, consciousness, writing, culinary arts, tattooing, music, travel, media, and so much more. As an Aquarius, I know that I'm full of surprises, but one thing's for sure. We're in for a crazy journey into this world of creative junk. Welcome, my creative junkies. Prepare to be inspired as we delve into captivating conversations with remarkable individuals who are living their passions. And today's episode is truly special because I had the incredible opportunity to sit down with one of my all-time favorite artists, Amanda Stillner. You'll hear me mention this in the episode, but seriously, my house is covered in her art. We had a really fascinating chat about her art, her creative process through divination, her former background as a writer, and the profound importance of storytelling in her work. We also chatted about her inspiring projects from the past and her new creative studio, Color Spell Creative Studio in Georgetown, Kentucky. I first crossed paths with Amanda back in 2020 when she fearlessly opened a brand new shop in downtown Georgetown right at the start of the COVID pandemic. It was during this challenging period that Amanda's artistry began to transform, incorporating bone throwing into her process. You won't believe what she has to say about it, but I won't spoil you the surprise. Let me give you a little glimpse into Amanda's extraordinary journey. Born in eastern Tennessee, Amanda hails from a lineage of tenacious souls who possess an indomitable spirit. Her ancestors include railroad crewmen, farmers, lively bar goers, country fair queens, coyotes, wise healers, and even a few legendary mountain witches. While there were also painters, poets, and dreamers among her kin, their craft was shrouded in the secrecy of moonlit nights. Each masterpiece that Amanda creates tells a story of energy, sometimes a whisper, and other times a resounding roar. Before painting, she diligently meditates with the paper or canvas, preparing to connect with the recipient's energy. She then casts the bones, meticulously studying their colors, positions, and energies. When words prove inadequate, she wields her brush with purpose. She believes that she has the extraordinary privilege of serving as a conduit, translating the divine messages that flow through her work and creating a vibrant conversation of colors meant specifically for the piece of art. Now, let's plunge into my wonderfully creative conversation with the brilliant artist Amanda Stiltner. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I really, you were one of the first people that I thought of when I was creating this podcast because, as you know, I'm a frequent buyer of your art. Um, you were one so, of our best clients for sure. <laughs> it's so true. Like, my whole house is Amanda's art. Um, oh and yeah, I just, I love it. Like, I 
I connect with your art so much. Um, I feel like everybody has that that artist. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but there's a lot of people that have that artist where it's just like the art that they're creating. You're like, yes, you're speaking to my soul. Like visually, like that's exactly what it is. And so I feel like your art is always doing that for me. So it's like, okay, I, dang it, she put out she put out a new print. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get that now. You know, <laughs> but yes, for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, yeah. And so when I now, what an introduction. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Well, yeah. And when I was putting together this podcast, you know, it's really about people who inspire me, um, especially uh, creating their own businesses or just like going after their passions, right? And just doing it and with the fear and all of that, just like, you know what, I'm doing it because it's what fuels my fire, my inner fire, you know, it's like that need of what I need to do. And you've just over the past few years of watching you um, and different projects that you've done, I just see that so much with you. So I'm excited to talk to you about all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. I'm excited to talk too. So and I mean, I want you to know that I feel the same way. I think that like, just what you've been able to create and how brave you are to just go out and like, take the world on. I am, I'm so inspired by that. And you traveled all these amazing places and I'm going, Oh my goodness, I'd be so scared to do that. But I like watching you do it. I'm like, I could probably do this. I could probably do that. Oh, thank you. And that's, what's so interesting too. It's like, you're doing your thing and you don't really, you don't even know who you inspire, you you know? And so it's always, it's always cool to hear that. You're like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad that I, I can be that for you. You know what I mean? That I can, share my experiences and that that connects with you as well. So that's really cool. Yes, absolutely. I also, I have a friend in here. Um, so we may listeners periodically hear, I have a cat named Fitz. F. Scott Fitzgerald is his I whole name. It. Yes. Um, and I could keep him out of the room, but there's just no way he would like break down the door and just go crazy. So he's in here. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's like, of course, when I'm recording and talking, he's like, oh, hi. Come in and like doing? say hello. And I mean, honestly, I kept hearing a cat meowing and I was looking around because I'm thinking our like our studio is just such a like weird little place. It's like we get cat friends that come and visit. And then they're um, if you walk outside, our building's one of the oldest buildings in our town. So if you walk down this um there's like an alley between my building and this rock wall and it's just overgrown with volunteer tomatoes right now. So it's like, we just have all these gorgeous tomatoes growing on the side oh of the building. Oh my God, I love that. Well, I want to start off because uh, gosh, I have so many questions for you. I hope you're ready. Um, and they're all good because they're all about your art. So get excited. Um, but I really first just want to talk about your background, just how you got started in art and started exploring your art form. And I know that that's from what I was reading in your bio and stuff. I know that that's evolved over the past few years too. Like you've introduced some new elements to that. Um, So totally, I don't know how you kind of, you want to go about all of that, but I just love to kind of know more about your background with art. Absolutely. My, well, my background actually started with writing. I was uh, the creative director for Kentucky Monthly Magazine. And I started there as an intern Um, when I was in college and I just loved it and they couldn't get rid of me. And um, my senior year of college, the assistant editor was leaving her position. She 
um, decided that she wanted to just start working from home and be, you know, just be with her children. And they were talking, I heard them talking, I'm, you know, like a little intern at this point. I heard them talking about like, who are we going to get to fill this position? And I'm going, I know this is my dream position. (laughs) Please me. So I took the editor to lunch and I said, listen, I really want that job. And he laughed and he was like, uh, you're not even graduated yet. And I said, let me do the job for two weeks for free. You know, you've got the work done. And if if it's great, you hire me. And if it's not great, then you got two weeks of free work. And, you know, you're it holds you over until you actually hire somebody. So um, they let me do it. And at the end of the first week, they hired me. And so I had this really great job while I was still in school. And I mean, it was such, there were so many like cool opportunities with that. You don't think about like a regional magazine having opportunities, like, but I was getting to interview celebrities. I got to meet Muhammad Ali. Like I, like I was getting to do all of these really amazing things. And then um, because I was so young at the time, my editor, he had this vision for a column that he always wanted to do, but everybody else on staff had little kids So he said, listen, I want to, and this was like, seriously, like a Friday, we had had a two hour lunch and we were, we were just, you know, kind of a chill editorial staff and we're sitting around the office, just talking about things that we would like to do with the magazine. And he said, I've always wanted to do this thing where we go through the alphabet and like you travel to a town that starts with the letter A and you write a story. You don't, you don't do any research, whichever you just go to this town And you meet strangers and you talk and you come up with something. And, you know, when we're talking about this, like, I think our vision was it was going to be something like you'd see in, you know, like a Southern Living magazine or something where it was, you know, this is where you go get really great pie or this is where you go and shop. But I did that first one. And the couple that I met, they were just telling me the whole time, well, there's nothing here. I went to Amandaville, Kentucky. and this was like right at the point before, I mean, you know, we had Facebook and stuff like that. So this was about, I think 2009, I would have been doing this story. So I had a GPS and that was it. Like, it wasn't like I was going to these places and I was Googling where I was going or I wasn't allowed to do any research before. So I was like rolling up into these towns and just knocking on doors. Like, hi, I'm Amanda. What's your life story? <laughs> and um, that first story, it was uh, it was just an incredible story of this couple who they had been high school sweethearts. They fell in love. She ended up getting polio and was in an iron lung in Louisville. So they were separated for many years. And then um, her name's escaping me right now. But the woman from Gorillas in the Mist, the story about... Um, there's a movie called Gorillas in the Mist. I can't remember what her name is. Forgive me for that. But um, that was her physical therapist before, you know, any of this had come to be that she would go to, you know, work with animals and stuff. But she, uh, this was her physical therapist and she had taught her how to sew again after, you know, going through all of the stuff with polio. She was um, paralyzed on her left side. So she, ended up getting this sewing machine that was adapted to her abilities. And she started like creating art and doing this. And um, 
one day she saw that his father had passed away in the newspaper. So she just on a whim calls him and is like, you know, I have always had feelings for you. I've always felt like I had this connection with you. And he said, I've been waiting for you my whole life. And they got married and she made her wedding dress. And like, this was this couple who was just sitting at a table going, yeah, there's nothing in Amandaville. There's, this is, you know, nothing here. And it was always, you know, stories like that, wherever there are people, there's going to be a story. And I went all the way through the alphabet, just meeting, you know, interesting people and running. I ran through a cow field one time because I spent the entire day in this town and didn't see a living soul all day. Finally, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm about to give up. I'm in tears. And I see this man walking through a cow field and I jumped the fence and chased him through the field. I'm Amanda, what's your life story? <laughs> so, but I mean, like the stories where, you know, I met this man who was the dentist to the prince of Saudi Arabia who had come back here to like his like ancestral ground to farm it. And he'd grown up here in Kentucky and then went and traveled the world and had this like really amazing career. And then when it was time for him to retire, he was like, I've seen the whole world. I just want to be in Kentucky. So it was, um, so I published that book and we took the series and we turned it into a book. And then, um, you know, I started having babies and after that, I was just like, I need a different pace of life. Like I have always been very drawn to, you know, like blue zones where people are living to be in their hundreds. Like I want to know like what's so different about those places and like how do we create that in our daily lives where we're gathering with people around the table and we're having real connection and we're eating real food and, you know, like living a slower pace than this pace that we're always like guilted into. So I started um, writing from home with my kids and it was actually my son. Like I always painted and I always like was doing something, but my son was really feisty little guy. And he was just, he came into the world. He's a Gemini too. So like he came into the world and he was just like, irritated that he could not express himself the way he wanted Aww. to, which is a big frustration for me too. And one day I just like stripped him down to the diaper and I'm like, you're going to paint and I'm going to paint and we're going to make a mess and it's not going to make any sense. And we started that as a ritual. So we started doing that every day. And then before I knew it, like, you know, I had somebody say, I really would like to buy one of those. And I'm going, what? Like, this is just something that I do. So I, I started a studio at that point where I would, and, and my real mission with starting the first studio was just getting people to the table because I felt like there's so much expression that doesn't happen. And that's like when we go soul gray is when we're not tapping into that. And what I saw over and over again when I was traveling for A to Z was that there'd be these people who were artists and they're painting in their barns and they don't identify that as art, you know? And I think like, particularly in the region that we're in, there's not a lot of art education and that expression is so critical. It's, it's in our blood. Like it's just like ready to come out. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, kind of going, 
Yeah, going off of that, um, I just interviewed a, she's a bass player in Nashville. And um, she, we actually just had this conversation because that's what I'm really passionate about is, and I think part of my calling here is really trying to help awaken that creativity in people and having people understand that creativity doesn't have to be art. You don't have to just draw or paint or, you know, anything like that creativity can be anything. And she made such a valid point where she was saying that she had a friend of hers that felt was always just kind of jealous of her and that and frustrated. She's like, gosh, you're you're just so talented. You know, you can create all this great music and you can do this and this. And Sissy's like, yeah, but you're a mom and you're so good at it. She's like, it's incredible how good she is with kids. And you see that creativity and that aliveness come out of her friend when she's with children, you know, working with them and stuff like that. And she's like, that's something that I could never do. And so I think there's just, she's right. Like there's different ways that we can express creativity and it's just finding like what that is. And yeah, if it is like painting in a barn or maybe that's, I don't know, I bring this up a lot, but I, you know, I'm working with someone who's really into pickleball, you know, it's like, Hey, if that's get creativity out of you and it's fun for you, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I think like creativity or it, it's it, or expression, it's so much of it is just moving energy out yeah. and putting it like it's allowing it to go through you and to, you know, turn into something else. And, and exactly like if it's working with children or it's pickleball or whatever, it's just about moving that energy. Yeah. And I think what happens so often is, and I, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm working full-time as an artist and that's a privilege. I, yeah. And I realize that it's such a huge privilege, but I also really try to teach people that expression and creativity does not just belong to people who are making their living off of it. Yes. Like it has to be like kind of untangled from, you know, money. Expression can just be about, sitting down and releasing that energy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that having spaces where, you know, I've got people who come to the table and they paint and they have no intention of becoming, you know, someone who sells their paintings or, and unfortunately so much of what we hear as kids is, you know, you get to that like age where you're like nine or 10 and you start to realize, mm, maybe this isn't my thing. Yeah. I'm not going to make this my job. Yeah. And you lose it. Mm-hmm. But it, there's some point where everybody was laying on their belly playing with crayons and painting. And Yeah. I remember when I was little, I actually did, it was like in elementary school and I did such a good still life drawing. I, I'm assuming probably if I would have continued on with art, I probably would be pretty decent at it, but I didn't because I was encouraged to do other things. And especially like, that's not a job, you know, that's not a career. You don't, you know, that's just like a side thing or whatever, you know, so I focused my, my attention on other things. Um, But yeah, it's like, it doesn't have to be a job. Like you're saying, like, it literally can just be for fun or just like to get shit out. To get it out. And like, and, and then even if it's something that like, you're consistently doing, I mean, I'll have people who will come to painting workshops and they are people who have not painted maybe since they were kids. And the entire time they're like, well, mine doesn't look anything like yours. Well, no, it doesn't. But I have also committed a lot Mm -hmm. of time (laughs) to shitty paintings over the years. 
and feeling like, you know, and allowing myself to have shitty paintings because, you know, like, I think what happens so often is somebody will start something and it's not great. And they're like, I'm not good at this. And you have to work through not being good at it a lot of times before all of a sudden something starts to click and you find your thing. And I feel like that's with anything. I think that, you know, what really speaks to me about abstract painting in particular is there's no, like, there's always an option to fix it. If I don't like it, I fix it. And that has translated into every part of my life. If if it doesn't work, then yeah. I'm going to edit that <laughs> and fix it. You know, that's kind of <laughs> how I came to it. I had a fussy baby who, <laughs> who needed to uh, slap some paint with me. And oh, it was well, I'm so thankful to him too. Thank you. <laughs> hey there. I know this conversation is super interesting, but let's take a quick break. Here's a special message from one of our awesome sponsors. Experience pure magic and rejuvenation with Wicked Obscura, a women-owned apothecary and candle shop in Covington, Kentucky. As one of the owners of this company, I can assure you that we believe in the power of nature and spiritual well-being, which we infuse in every handmade item that we offer. Our candle selection made of coconut soy and infused with herbs and crystals give off an unforgettable scent while promoting a peaceful atmosphere. With Woodwicks and 100% safe ingredients, our candles provide a touch of magic in every home. Don't miss out on this special offer. Use code CREATIVELYWICKED at checkout to snag 15% off your next purchase and experience the true essence and light of Wicked Obscura. Start shopping now at wickedobscura.com. Use code CREATIVELYWICKED at checkout to snag that 15% off. I was reading um you were mentioning in your bio that like it was kind of during covid that you started to get which i think all of us were and i think covid's just such a fun topic now for me to explore and talk about with so many people because we were forced to be silent with ourselves to just really listen and figure out what it is that we want or even to be present finally the universe was like you are all gonna sit <laughs> you're gonna sit down yeah, you're going to listen for once. Yeah, be quiet. Um, and so this is, from what I was interpreting, this is what happened to you. It was like you were forced to stay and sit during quarantine. And then it was like you were, the universe was speaking to you in a sense to explore. Um, I'm getting into the bone throwing, how that was kind of speaking to you at the time. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. And, and I agree. Like COVID is such an interesting topic for me too, because I think, you know, we're not really going to understand the collective impact of this for many mm-hmm. generations. And, you know, and I think we're also kind of walking around with some trauma from that too. Like, I think mm-hmm. that it was like the world just expected us to jump back into it. And we're all kind of like, no, I really liked leisure. And yeah. I liked making bread and I liked waking up with the sun rather than an alarm clock. And, and now I feel like there's this really creative revolution of digging your heels in and being like, no, I don't want to do it. For me, I um, was trying to open studio space just as 
March 2020 hit. I mean, I was seriously sitting in a pub celebrating that I just passed inspections and we were going to have studio space. And then it was all of a sudden like schools were closing for two weeks and I'm going, how on earth am I going to open a studio with kids with me for two weeks? And then it ended up there with home like almost two years. So, um, but I got COVID in August 2020 and I have asthma. So it was, I had quite a few complications and, but this was the point when there was a lot of hysteria about COVID still. I mean, it was very surreal to get, you know, a positive COVID test. I wasn't expecting it. I knew that I like, I woke up and I remember my teeth hurt in a way that I have never experienced like it was just so much pain through here and I remember driving to like to go take the COVID test and my ears and my head were hurting so bad that when trucks passed I was just like sobbing in the car and they were pretty high pain tolerance so like I I mean I had a natural childbirth like this was and I was like sobbing that this was such an intense pain but when I when I got COVID it was like I got orders from the health department that I had to put a poster on our front door that said that we were quarantining, you know, and I'm just sitting in my room by myself for three weeks. And here I'm used to being, you know, the caregiver and being constantly busy with kids and there being noise and there being, you know, lots of things that require my attention. And I was just in this room with fevers for like three weeks. And I kept having these dreams about this big wooden bowl and I could hear the like clacking sound. Like it was like this clinking sound of things hitting the bowl. So I kept having this dream and finally I was like, okay, this is connecting to my art somehow. Like I just felt like there was this process of understanding that the things that were showing up in the bowl were charged energetically and that the way that they fell in the bowl and the way that they all interacted with each other, I could read that. So I I was like, okay. I mean, finally, like after, you know, a couple of times of dreaming this, I woke up and I was like, all right, universe, like if this is what I'm going to do, send me the bowl. And I just kind of put this like invitation, send me the bowl. And um, a couple of weeks later, I have a friend who's a woodworker and he popped by the studio and he goes, you know, I'm I'm getting back to, into things and he pops by and we're talking and stuff and he goes oh by the way I have this wooden bowl I don't know what to do with it for some reason I feel like it's your bowl (laughs) and I'm like wow okay so I had saved a picture of like a wooden bowl on Pinterest and was like this is kind of what I'm seeing and he brings it to me and I'm in tears I'm like this is Uh it this is the bowl and um so then I was like okay well then send me the pieces you know, what am I supposed to use for this? And then it was like, all of a sudden, these pieces started to come together. And I started keeping like a detailed diary of when the piece came to me. And and it's things like I have my great grandma's thimble in there. And when that shows up, I always know that that has like the energy of mending and it has like a very like, like soft, but strong, like, um, I heard a woman describe her mother one time as an iron fist in a velvet glove. You know, when I see that the thimbles come up in a reading, I always know that it's this like very sturdy, strong, but soft feminine energy. 
And um, so like I just started keeping this journal and I would write out, you know, like what this stone meant or what this pebble meant or, you know, and just keeping that. And then I started doing readings for people. So what I'll do is I will put my hand in the basket and throw it into the bowl. And then I write that on the back of the canvas or the paper. And then I use whatever colors appeared in the reading. So, you know, if there were lots of blues and driftwood hues or pinks or amethyst, I'll paint with those. And I never know what the painting's going to start out as. I just kind of start working with the energy. And then they just turn into something. So it's, it's a, uh, I've had some very, like, last year I had to kind of take a little break because I had several really like heavy grief ones back to back. And Mm -hmm. it's been a practice of learning how to let that energy go through me and not to stay with me. Because when I first started doing readings and I I would have like a heavy grief one come up, I could just, like, it was like just getting stuck in places. So I had to really learn how to allow that to move through. But it's been such a learning process to, I mean, I, it wasn't like there was no training. It was just figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. I I was very curious about um, just that story of you, well, just in general, just like the whole, like how you got that inspiration, literally in dreams and the bowls presented and then um, just your whole process of how you've made that your own. And uh, that's just really cool. Um, So do you use that process with everything that you paint now or is that only like specifically like I'm doing color reading so I'm using like bone throwing yeah I do it with um almost all of my paintings like it'll be very rare that I'll sit down and you know just um paint something unless I'm just feeling like even and even those like they all kind of come out being a journal um I think this process has like really been great for me because it combines writing and the color play of like you know just experience and I and I use the word or the words color play a lot because it's for me it's just getting to this place of allowing that you know that space for mistakes or experimentation and just seeing what it is and kind of trusting that like when the paint falls on the canvas it's the right thing like it's a Mm -hmm. co-creative process that's happening and you know whatever you want to call that co-creative process if you want to call it you know divine energy or whatever I just I don't have words for that yet I and I think it's just kind of a, a a dance of using those you know like the writing and using the paint and the all of it into one place so even if I'm not doing like a reading, it's very, um, it's very like journaly. Well, and I, to me, your art is just, well, for one thing, what's cool is, you know, <clears throat> getting a, a color spell type art piece or color reading. Like I, I got one for Christmas a year ago and it's such a cool thing. It, it's something that it stays relevant with you. Right. And it, um, it's so neat to like look back on as well and also to reread the message even after a year because then it's like oh that feels relevant now 
you know, maybe it didn't necessarily then, but like now it's hitting me. And so it's always cool to like, it's a cool painting to circle back with and to like feel that connection. And then the other thing that I love that you do with your art is even with someone buying a print on your site, how you still embellish it. Like you can like get it to where you, um, you can purchase a print that's embellished. And so you add like a little extra touch to it, which again, gives that personalization and that connection. And I think that's just like a really beautiful thing that you do. Well, thank you. And I I mean, I feel like all of it is, it's very conversational. And what I try to tell people, like when they're asking questions about what, what to expect from their reading, I mean, I, I say like, I'm, I'm translating, like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm here to tell you what to do with your life or what to do about a specific yeah. situation. I'm listening. And then I'm, I'm writing what I hear. And, um, you know, and, and even if it's like something like I have one painting Zephyr moon, which is this like abstract skyscape when it's this like big drippy full moon. And, you know, for me, that was just like an exploration of abundance and not abundance from like a, material standpoint but just like this idea that you can walk out and you can look around you and you are experiencing abundance everywhere so when people really connect with that painting and then I do an embellished print I feel like there's like this conversation that's saying you know we can have this conversation about abundance and these are the things that I'm feeling about this when I'm talking to you so it's it's all conversational I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think it's cool too that I've always been a very like I'm I'm in a I'm an extroverted introvert. So this allows me to connect in a way that also like lets me like have the boundary to say soft. So I I love that part of it. I do want to since we're talking about your art specifically right now, I I really want to talk about the art piece that you did for the women's shelter, the unhushed piece. Um, just kind of talk a little bit more about that. Cause I, I, it's such a beautiful piece of work and especially with it a hundred percent of the profits go to it's the Elizabeth's village in uh, Georgetown, Kentucky. Correct. Yeah. Um, okay. So that piece um, that came from like deep soul soil for me and it was, during a season of time when um, I just felt like I needed to call on tougher angels. And, you know, and I'll have those periods of times and where I'm struggling. And I think like that period of time in particular, I was really trying to overcome some like remaining chains from a previous relationship that had just, um, I felt like they were keeping me from moving forward in my career that a way, the way that I wanted to, because I was um, held back by a lot of financial abuse in a previous relationship and, and financial abuse, but also spiritual abuse. So I had started the year and I was just like, I am, I'm done with this. I'm done with this energy. So I, I started painting and what came out was this like, strong line of women and um you know they're they're standing in in the front of the painting like so they 
they just started coming out and I it, it, draw like painting people was not something I had ever really done. And I mean, even like, as I was working on that piece, I felt a lot of insecurity about, you know, I'm, I've self-taught as a painter. So I'm like, I don't know how to paint people. Like this is not, this is not a normal subject matter for me. Um, yeah. But they just, these faces just started coming together and this, if you look at each one of them, there's just such a like energy coming off of each one of them and like this protective healing connection. What I did with that painting was I finished it and I sent a message to um, several women that I know who had similar experiences that I really deeply trusted. And I said, listen, I am painting myself out of this hole <laughs> and I need your help. And they were like, okay. So I knew that there was a debt that I had to pay off that I needed to like, it, I needed to be free of it financially, but I needed to energetically be free of it. I needed it mm -hmm. to not be like shackling my leg anymore. And I said, I have this goal and anything beyond this goal, you know, I'm going to give. And I met the goal within 24 hours and it was That's so a incredible. big goal. So it was, um, I mean, I, like when the last order came in and I, I had had like a TikTok that went viral too. So it was my kids and I were keeping a map in the, the office and anytime we shipped it somewhere, like we were marking, you know, all of these amazing places we were shipping this one print to. And it pushed me through a lot of the things as a business owner that were still big insecurities for me. Like, I know this is going to sound mm -hmm. so silly, but I was terrified. Like I have a lot of like res um, resistance about shipping for some reason. <laughs> like I get very nervous, <laughs> like going to, going to the post office and I have to like talk myself into this. And it's, you know, it's just silly things like that, that are, you know, those weird stories that we've told ourselves. Like, like I've always been like, I don't really pick up patterns very well, like from like what people are doing. So I always feel like everybody knows what they're doing and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so then I feel really silly. <laughs> and then, um, so like I get to the post office and I have, I mean, this huge box of, these prints that are going to go all over and I'm like panicking because I have to go like ship this many prints and I'm just sitting in the car and I'm like I am going to meet the nicest people they are going to be so excited about this this is going to be so great and I walked in and they were like there was nobody there it was just you know they had plenty of time to help me they were very sweet about it they were very encouraging and it was you know, I got back to my car after that and watching that I had, I had surpassed this goal and I had freed myself from this ridiculous energy of this past relationship and that there were people there who were excited to be part of that process and to like guide it. It was such a shift energetically for me and my art because after that it was like I can do whatever I want like I'm sending paintings to Germany and now I'm doing this and now I'm doing this and now I'm opening a studio and and it was just like things just started popping off after that and I think I really needed that line of tough women to say 
no, we're not, we're not tolerating this anymore. And, you know, and I think that they have done that for a lot of people. It's, it's, you know, that's been, that's been a print that has been, I think, healing for a lot of women, especially. Yeah. It's just that, um, yeah, that strong line of women arm in arm with each other. And just, it's just that instant support, that communal, that um, feminine, it's like that divine, it's to me, it's for me, um, especially with like the moon and stuff, it's that divine feminine energy. That's that mother energy, you know, that's just like embracing you and giving you that support that you need for whatever it is that you're feeling insecure or nervous about, right? Having anxiety about, it's like, it's okay. Like all of us goddesses right here lined up, like we got you. We're here to support you and give you that strength that you need. Yeah. Well, and I think something as I was painting that, and I mean, I, I can't stress this enough. I didn't sit down like with pictures and say like, I'm going to make this person look like this person. Like they just poured out. And when I go back and I look at the faces, I mean, even like the child, it's, it's such an experience of all the facets of that feminine energy. It's the, the vulnerability, it's the toughness, it's the wisdom that comes with age. It's the, like the exploring masculinity, like in that. So it's, that all comes through, I feel like for me. And it, it was such a like experience of, you know, maybe, maybe like a self-portrait in a lot of ways where it was, you know, all of these, I'm all of these women. We're all, all of these women. Like there's, we've got all of these traits, but it did. It, it launched me and I, I named it unhushed because I was just done. <laughs> I was just done being quiet, you know? And, and, and I, and I wish that, I wish that for more people that they, they had that freedom of expression. Well, and isn't that, isn't that like kind of the narrative too that's been going on, especially for women since like, gosh, almost like 2018 or a little bit earlier, but you know, like with me too and stuff like that, I'm not trying to get like super political or anything like that, but it is like, I feel like, um, you know, over the centuries and stuff, you know, we have had this like very subdued and silence. And now the past few years, you're just starting to see that come out more where people aren't being hushed anymore. And they're really starting to express themselves and be more vocal, just saying how they're feeling and like realizing that I feel this way and that's okay. I don't need to validate why I'm having anger right now or validate why I'm upset. Like I'm just freaking upset. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I think it's, it kind of speaks to that too. Like it's just, we're just in this like really beautiful phase where we're all starting to kind of break out and um, no matter our gender or anything, like really just find our voice and who we are. And to me, I feel like, you know, I, I have a background of a lot of um, religious abuse, I would say. So there was a, there's definitely, my thirties would be defined as like a, season of unlearning and a season of, you know, I, I kind of just had to go through this period of time where like I erased all language that I had before mm. and kind of like, like a reprogramming me. almost yeah. of your brain. Yeah. Like I just or deprogramming. To, like, you were going through a deprogramming. Yeah. I needed to just be like wiped clean and be like, show me. I want to see it. I want to, I want to be in the mud with it. I want to like, 
<laughs> I want the wild honey experience. I want that. And it was, um, you know, and I, and I, what I come back to over and over in that like experience is just how they're, how tough and how much grit and strength there is in vulnerability and softness and connection and, you know, and how like shame is what actually squashes our expression and it's what squashes our connection with each other and our connection with whatever that divine thing is. I mean, it, it just, it's the biggest like wet blanket to throw over all of it. You know, and I think that like right now we're in this really interesting season of life for like the collective where we're all kind of, you know, looking at that softness and being like, wait a minute, this is actually really powerful. And like a lot of shit gets done when you put that energy in in the driver's seat. Um we're we're so used to like this like very like aggressive energy being in the in the driver's seat, but like maybe this intuitive like uh nurturing thing is exactly what we all need guess what it's that time again time to pause for a moment and listen to a special message from our incredible sponsor divinely selected places have secrets and mysteries within them that cannot be explained manifesting as hauntings spectral entities and supernatural energies and are all found around the world in the most obscure corners unveil the best kept secrets of the world with mysterious adventures tours immerse yourself in the mystical explorations of curated travel experiences handpicked by passionate ambassadors and guides brace yourself for an unforgettable journey that promises to carve out memories like no other Satisfy your wonderlust by visiting MysteriousAdventuresTours.com to learn more about their future tours. It's time to tour the mystery and embark on an enigmatic odyssey that will leave you spellbound. And kind of leading off of vulnerability. I also wanted to talk about the photography project that you did. I believe it was last year, um, the nothing left it to was wear. A year ago, um, this month. And oh, that was perfect timing. I know. Perfect time. It's so funny because it's like it's all been coming up. Like people have been talking about it a lot lately. And um we've been we've been just kind of thinking about like what we're going to do because October is domestic violence awareness month. So um, we've been talking about, you know, what are we doing this year? And I don't know. I'm sure you've heard the Billie Eilish song from the Barbie soundtrack. Yes. Have have you heard that? I have thought so much about the lyrics of that song and how it feels like such a full circle thing that – that song is coming out a year after we did that photo shoot because what we did was we we had this invitation um which started after <laughs> i have talk about like universal winks kind of thing um, i have this friend nicole maxwell and she sent me a message and she's like amanda i am not creative at all she's a realtor she's like i don't i've never done any kind of like art project whatsoever and she goes but i need to have coffee with you because i have this vision and 
I just feel like we need to talk about it. So we go and we have coffee. And her explanation to me was, I just envision all of this flesh. <laughs> and um, it was, you know, like we're both like laughing about her saying, I just envision all of this flesh. But we had both gone through um, some pretty significant like reprogramming about disordered eating and body image and movement and those things. So um, she was like, you know, I just want to see this room with all of these women who, and, you know, just people, like all of these people who are just showing up in their skin and saying like, this is who I am. And um, so we were like, okay, let's, let's pull this together. So we put out an invitation within our community and, um, all of these people started responding right away. Like, I want to be involved. I want to be involved. And, you know, we organized this day. So we had this really cool location and you just had people walking around in their underwear, eating pizza, (laughs) talking, dancing. And we had people getting their bodies painted. Like it was just such a liberating day. You know, it was just wildly liberating. And then these people would go up and they would do their photo shoot and it would be like, um, you know, we had lots, we had several like domestic violence survivors and they, you know, would just tell their story through this. And then we had one woman um, who she is just like the most fascinating Gothic style. Like she's so fun to look at, like, but she wanted to, her, her story that she wanted to portray with her, her photos were that she, um, you know, she had this hard look to her. She's like black lipstick and like very dark eyeliner and black hair and like chains on and stuff. But she also wanted to show like the softness of her curves and that she could be both. She could be hard and soft at the same time. And like that, that was such a bold story for her to tell. And then there was, um, you know, a woman who had gone through a huge life change and had lots of, um, she had lost a lot of weight and was trying to deal with like what, what her body looks like now. What does it look like to have extra skin and what does it feel like to move like this? And, um, and, but then to also just be so proud of herself, like to, to feel simultaneously, pride and shame at the same time. And, and how often it is that like, as women, we're, we're looking for this permission to be a lot of things at once. Like, you know, we don't get that enough. Um, So we ended up with this incredible collection of these photos and we um, put them on exhibit, which kind of like shook our town a little bit because we're in a pretty conservative town and you've got, you know, the, we've got like teachers and all of these women and realtors and the women of the community and in their underwear. And it was just fantastic. Like it was, it was, it was just really cool to be part of. And like what we really wanted to do with that was to just kind of reclaim. I mean, how many times have you stood in front of the closet and said, I have nothing to wear. And like, that's something that we've just like all done, like had that feeling of frustration of like, I'm trying to prepare myself to go out into the world and I don't have the right pieces to pull myself together to go out into the world. And it's all about perception then, you know, like I don't have the right outfit to go out so that everybody perceives me. So we wanted to call it nothing left to wear because it's like, 
you know, how many times have you said, I don't have anything to wear? Well, no, like I have nothing left to wear, but truth. Like I am just going to show up myself. Yeah. That, uh, that, as you stated about the project, like that bare authenticity and going back again to vulnerability, just being able to be in that vulnerable state of you literally just being in your skin. Right. I thought it was such a cool project and I hate that I wasn't able to see it. So yeah, if you guys do something like a photo book or something, I'm all about it. I would love to do a photo book and actually like, that's really brilliant. I'm glad you said that because now I'm like, yeah, oh, maybe that's what we do. But I mean, if you ever want to like partner and do an international version of this, we, we totally pull that. Oh my too. gosh. I already know some people. So don't worry. Like <laughs> I could totally make it work. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be so fun. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, well, side sidebar, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure out that project, but yeah, because obviously it needs to be universal. Like, you know yes. what I mean? Like it's something we all, and that's the thing that I reflect on a lot is just the whole um, collective and the oneness and like really finding those moments when I just register, like we are all connected. Like we're all going through a lot of the same things. I'm not going to say everything because everybody's life is different but there's a lot of these things that we're all going through especially like these you know like being vulnerable like embracing like being in our own skin and just seeing the truth within like these are all things that universally we all deal with and so it's a really beautiful thing to explore that together and to also have different stories which again is such a great tie for you because you're such a storyteller right even starting in the very beginning of this talk so it's like all of these people just have such incredible stories to tell and share, you know, to where we can then all like see how we can relate and connect with each other. Well, I mean, I, I think a lot about how as artists and creators, we are, we're like living in a time when we, we have so many resources to be able to create those stories. I mean, you can make a movie with the phone in your pocket. You can absolutely do all of these things. And it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see, again, just in my own career, when I first started writing, you know, I felt like if I wanted to write a book, I had to go through this traditional route of writing the book and trying to like query an editor and then sending it off to, you know, and getting lots of knows before there was ever a yes and just hoping that your book stands out from like this huge pile of other manuscripts and now like if I really wanted to I could have a book done by the end of the month and post it on you know line and sell it myself and that as creators we're empowered in a way that like we've we've kind of taken back power from any kind of like institutions that would have said no like we'd say who the artists are and that's not the case anymore at all like you can you can I I, I very well could make a <laughs> coffee table book of this photo shoot you're right like so absolutely I think that it just realizing that we really could mend a lot of the like disconnection we feel because we walk around like I think that there's this you know epidemic of loneliness right now but it doesn't have to be that way you know and it's just getting very intentional about you know doing things like this where we are really like in the mud with each other talking about you know what's 
what's going on. Yeah. And we do different types of art, right? You know, like I'm I'm more of like a digital artist, um, but I'm still creating stuff. And so it's always cool to talk to. And that's what I really enjoy about this podcast is talking to um, different people who are creating, right? Or developing these different ideas and stuff and learning, like learning just more about them, hearing their stories and like where they come from and what's inspired them to create whatever it is they're creating or working on and what, what makes them so passionate. Um, in their life. Uh, yeah, it's just a, such a cool way uh, to, yeah, again, just connect with people and to get yeah, inspired by it. each other. I love, it. You know? I love that you're able to facilitate that too. That's because that's a gift too, just to be able to draw people in to have those conversations and hold space for, I mean, your listeners too, like to have, hold that space. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your color spell studio. Cause this is something like you just opened this year, right? I did. I opened in May and um, I mean, it was a universal wink. It was just kind of, I wasn't looking for space. I had, I mean, I had invited it. It was something that I was really like hoping that eventually it would come together. Um, and actually Sable Snyder, who she was one of the women in the photo shoot last year. So like we had these initial conversations of like, wouldn't it be nice? And I love like that game of like, wouldn't it be nice? Because it gets you like in it's it's softer than I really want to do this. So you yeah. don't have that resistance come up and those like icky feelings. So we had a lot of those like, wouldn't it be nice conversations and um, I was driving through town one day and there's this really adorable blue little brick building and it had a for rent sign. And I was like, well, I'll call and see like, what's, what's the harm in calling and seeing. And within 24 hours, I had signed a lease and was getting wow. ready to get started. So it's a really great space. Uh, I'm able to have classroom space. Like this is my main classroom space here. And then um, I have like a private studio space where I do all of my paintings and it kind of works as my, you know, just where I do everything. And then um, Sable has a studio upstairs where she teaches music. And um, then we have um, Sydney who comes in and she teaches different movement classes and we have a lot of parties and stuff like that. So it's, um, I mean, it's just, it's a very welcoming good energy in here people feel really like relaxed when they come in and that's that's the coolest thing for me like where it's like co-creative space where you know I came in this morning and you know got my coffee and I light my candle and I did a color reading and while I'm doing a color reading Sydney's upstairs giving Sable a massage <laughs> it's just like this like, really like it's the best place to go to work <laughs> yeah so, um, it's, it's, it's been really wonderful. Yeah. So are there any other projects that you're working on? Like any other slide, like passion projects? Um, I'm writing a novel. So oh, I've been, love it. yeah, so I've been working on that for a while and I actually had a really great conversation. Um, we had an open house on Saturday and our friend Joy came in and we were just talking and, um, you know, and I was saying, like, I feel like once I get this settled and this settled and I can, you know, have some space to do this. And 
And she looked at me and she was just very honest. And she's so, she's just so soft. She's just like this like soft energy and very quiet. Like you have to like be very intentional to listen to her. And she's very soft, like goes, that's bullshit. And you know it. (laughs) So since Joy told me it was bullshit on Saturday, I have been very intentional about making time to write because she called me out. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I, I think like just in this season, that's, I think color and painting has given me language during a period of time where like words felt very dormant for me. And space to heal through, you know, I think that if I would have finished, I started writing this book when my daughter was a baby and she's 12. So like if I would have published this a decade ago, it would have been a very different book. It would have been a very different Mm -hmm. world. It would have been, you know, it's not, it needed the time to do its thing. And I, I think that in this period of my life, I just realized that there's kind of this, you know, dance all the time where you're, you know, you don't want to not do the thing, but then you don't want to rush the thing either. You want to, it's co-creative. It's just this place of, you know, allowing, allowing, intentionally allowing, (laughs) I'll say intentionally allowing. So that's what I'm working on. Oh, that's awesome. So What's currently inspiring you right now? Um, I really feel like this, like the shift in the season, like I feel like we're going into, you know, like we're in that really great light part of the year and I can feel that energy about to break and it's going to start to shift into like the dark part of the year. So um, I've got two workshops that I have coming up that are both six week series and one is just like using intuitive art to unblock that energy. And I feel so soft about both of these workshops. The second workshop is, um, it's going to be like a study of, can you hear me over the sirens? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my studio is across the street from the fire department. Um, <laughs> I, uh the other study is just exploring the text of Untie the Strong Woman. And it's Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who's the same um, author who wrote uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves. I don't know if you've ever read that before, but it, they're both they're both beautiful books. And just during this season, I just feel like a inspired to softness and you know, just like sitting with crackers and fig jam and Gouda and conversation and like slowing down and being in the sun while it's sunny. I mean, I, I have a pool and I'm such a water baby. I want to be in the water all the time. So like, I have to stop like at four o'clock every day. I'm like, I have to go to my office and my office is a yellow inner tube. (laughs) And then I get in and then I just recharge for the coming dark days. So yeah, uh, sunbathing, my my passion right now is sunbathing. I love it. (laughs) And cheese. Um, and cheese. Yeah, I know. As you were describing that, I was like, man, that sounds so good for dinner tonight. Yeah. I'm such a like 
tapas mm-hmm. or tapas, uh, app- not appetizers, but you know, where it's like a veggie tray, cheese yep. tray and I like little bruschettas. Like goddess grays all the time where it's, yes. like, you know, yes. there's some cherries and some blackberries. And, yes. Yeah. Goddess grays. That's the perfect word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Little grape here, you know, a little, yeah, exactly. Yes. Olives, you know. <laughs> oh, olives. Yes. You have to have olives. Oh yes, absolutely. So we have come to, well, this is the last question. And then I kind of have like one more just as like a follow-up. But for some of our listeners out there, I always like to end with this because, you know, what I'm hoping to get like with this podcast is like having people, even if it's just one person that listens to this, right? Like maybe it's that one person that's listening to this and listening to you talk and kind of tapping into your art and things like that, I'm hoping that it inspires them to maybe pick up a paintbrush or a pencil and start doodling. Or, you know, maybe I'm going to go out and just dance freely, like in my yard for the heck of it, you know, just because that's what I feel and what I need to do right now, you know. Um, So for people out there who are listening that are maybe needing some advice or inspiration, like regarding picking up a hobby or, you know, trying to tap into a passion. Like, because there are some people out there that they say they're like, I don't have anything that I'm passionate about, or like, I don't have a hobby. Uh, What can you say to them to kind of help them on that journey of discovery? Well, I think that for one, like so much of expression and art, it's just audacity. It is just like, showing up anyway and it it is like even how artists price their paintings like (laughs) it's such a weird conversation to start getting into about like how do I charge for a painting but it's audacity you know that's how like some artists are able to be like yeah you know what this painting of a banana is 10 million dollars and you know somebody could be sitting in a barn painting this very intricate still life and be like, I'm going to sell this at the local craft show for, you know, $5. It's, it's really just this constant work of self-worth and unlearning these like scarcity blocks that we have, these scarcity stories that like are way into our DNA, like from generations before us. But I think that if you just kind of tuck that word into your back pocket of audacity, that the real difference between you being somebody who is on day zero of like a creative journey and the person who is a hundred days into it or 10 years into it or whatever, was that they just had the audacity to show up and do it again and have that like shitty painting or that shitty first draft or that, a lot of shitty things (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that feels like they allowed themselves the freedom to fail and to make a mess and to not do it well a hundred times before they did it well and and the thing is like it it can just be play it doesn't have to be something that you're going to make a lot of money on there can be just this like sweetness of you experienced showing up for yourself like if you want to sit down and do a watercolor maybe it's just that you spent 30 minutes 
saying no to everything else and yes to yourself. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like hard or it could just be play and allowing yourself the freedom to play is, you know, it's going to get back that like kid energy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which I think is something that is needed for a lot of us, right? Like sometimes I try to tap in, tap into that a little bit because it's we're just so programmed to like, okay, you graduate high school and okay, now you got to get a college and you got to get a degree and okay, now you got to get a job and you know, like all of these things. And it's like, it's nice to just, sometimes we need to revisit what it's like being a kid when you're just that free and vulnerable, like you've been talking about and expressive, you know, and that curious. excitement. Curious. like Yeah, curiosity, yes. You know, so much of, especially with abstract painting, it's, there's no rules. There's, mm-hmm. there's no rules, which terrifies a lot of people. I think that that's like where, you know, sometimes not having rules is just as scary, but it, to me, it's like, I get to play and experiment and I want to see what happens if I hit this with a spatula. What happens if I like pour water directly onto the canvas or I walk across it or roll over it or, you know, it's, it's just play. And when you take away all of the seriousness of it and you can like let go of that resistance, I think that that's where it's easier to start showing up for yourself to do it more and more. And then you get good. And it's so many people quit on the, like the third shitty draft. That's, that's no fun. <laughs> that's no fun. Yeah. Keep, keep showing up for it. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything else that, and if not, it's okay, but is there mm-hmm. anything else that you feel that you want to leave with everyone before we peace out? Hmm. Well, at first I just want to thank you. Thank you for holding this space and, for for creating the conversation about, you know, I, I think that that is such a special thing to be able to do because, you know, there's not access to these conversations enough, I think. Um, so thank you for that. Um, but also, I guess what I would leave with saying is that everything is kind of, you know, figure outable, I guess. I hate to use like such an awful word, figure outable, but if if it's not right the first time, it can paint it over. Like re- repaint it, erase it, do something else and just like allow yourself that experience of showing up for the dirty work of it. You know, that's what I would yeah. say. Amanda, thank you so much. I and yeah. I mean you're welcome for for this. You know, I, like I said before, I'm just so inspired by you and so many others. And so for me, it's like, this is a podcast really for me. Um, you know, like, and if no one else wants to listen to it. There you go. That's the play yeah. part of it. That yeah. That is, that is absolutely. And I think that when you're playing, you're having fun and that's contagious. And like, everybody wants to be around that. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I can't be the only one who's interested in these people no. and their stories. So, um, and there's just been so many people that I've worked with or have come across that, yeah, they just have, it's so exciting and inspiring to hear like 
they quit their corporate job and now they're doing this, they're creating their own business and, you know, they just are living this passion. And I think it's just so infectious and so fun. Um, so yeah, I just say like, if I'm the only one listening to this, that's fine. I'm going to enjoy it, but hopefully you out in the world being like a soulful tour guide and, and whether that's cool places or cool people that I mean, you, you, that is your like major gift. Soulful tour guide. I love it. Soulful tour guide. Ah, well, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life uh, to sit down with me and be vulnerable, right? Be vulnerable and authentic and just sharing with us your heart, because really that's what art is, is your heart. Um, So I really, really appreciate this so much. And I can't wait for people to hear this. And um, I will definitely be plugging your art on a lot of things. So uh, for our listeners out there, um, could you tell them where they can find you online? Yeah, you can find, I'm on um, Instagram and TikTok. It's just Amanda Stiltner Art. Um, And then you can buy originals or book readings or do commissions um, on my website. And that's amandastiltner.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by MindJunk Creative, a creative agency that creates brands and experiences rooted in visual storytelling. By exploring your MindJunk, MindJunk Creative is able to tap in and explore all of your wild ideas that you may have viewed as throwaways and use them to create engaging stories and experiences for your brands. What's your story? Go to mindjunkcreative.com and follow them on Instagram at It's MindJunk. Let's give a huge shout out to Amanda for that truly inspiring chat. Who else is feeling the urge to grab some canvases and paint their heart out? Just go for it. Be sure to click the links in the episode description and show notes on our website at creativejunkpodcast.com to connect with Amanda on social media and explore her website. If you happen to find yourself in Georgetown, Kentucky, don't miss out on one of Amanda's amazing art classes. And hey, don't forget to say hi for me. And keep coming back to our website for all the latest updates from our incredible guests on Creative Junk. If you haven't subscribed yet, well, what are you waiting for? Find me on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or any of your go-to platforms. And leave me a review and share it with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. Also, if you have any thoughts on today's episode or must hear stories, hit me up at hello at creativejunkpodcast.com. You know that I love hearing from you all. So until next time, catch you later, folks. Did you love this episode? Well, let's continue the chatter on Instagram and Facebook. We can dish about the latest interview and catch up on all things, well, creative. Plus, check out creativejunkpodcast.com for show notes and other juicy resources to satisfy your creative cravings. Don't miss out on the fun. And hey, thank you for listening. Thank you.